Hi. Hey. Hey, Leslie, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. It's a pleasure to, to meet you and speak face yeah. to face. Thank um, you so much for working with me with my migraine. <laughs> oh, that's that's all right. Um, you know, just glad you're feeling better. And absolutely, you know, so, shit happens. Uh, so glad to accommodate. I'm excited to have you on. Um, for those who are going to be listening to the podcast, this is, is it Benji? Is that how you yeah, Benji. Pronounce it. Yeah. And he is also uh, a coach and a shadow work coach right or what is your coaching business yeah i mean look uh we always have trouble none of us like putting titles on things but yeah i'm a right. shadow work coach i'm an emotional wellness mentor personally i actually prefer the term mentor to coach um but those are intricacies we don't need to get into so yeah i teach self-love and shadow work uh through my own kind of unique approach yeah i love that I love how you you're not attached to the title. Um, I think that is also just a reflection of how far you are in your journey right now. Um, I so I want to talk to you because you have a kind of a different approach or your own unique approach to the work you do. And I from what I've seen, it's a lot about feelings. It's really letting the feelings guide us. You want to share with us a little bit about that? Uh, absolutely. And I think like, it's fantastic because I just, you know, I'm always coming up with new analogies, new metaphors, new ways to explain things. And I just came up with this one last night that I think really helps exemplify what it is that I'm teaching and doing in, in kind of the shortest amount of time. And so the way that I'm trying to express it now is imagine that from the beginning of your life, you've been carrying around this backpack. It's just been on your back. And at the beginning of your life, it weighed nothing. There was nothing in it. So you were free. You could run, you could dance, you could play, you could do everything that your human body was capable of. And throughout our lifetimes, it's like every moment of emotional distress that you experience is a rock that you pick up. And if you properly express it in the moment, if you properly deal with it, if you properly process the emotions, then you drop the rock and you keep moving. But if you don't, then you put the rock in your backpack. And you keep on moving through your life, putting rock after rock after rock in there. And we didn't realize that we were doing this. What happened in the moment, in any moment of emotional distress that you weren't ready to deal with, it's like we put the rock in the backpack. It's like we told our emotional body, hold on to this. I'm going to come back and deal with it later. But we never came back and dealt with it later. We just put it aside and we developed these defense mechanisms to help keep us going in our lives. So bit by bit by bit, we started filling up our backpack with rocks. And you don't notice it when there's one rock or when there's five rocks in there, or even when there's 10 or 20, you only start noticing it once there's like 50 and 100 rocks and starts becoming so heavy that now you can't run properly, you can't jump, you can't even live your life and your legs are sore and your back hurts and everything is terrible. Now that's the point at which most people wake up and they start noticing this and they start turning their attention to their emotional wounds. But here's the thing, and here's what's unique about my approach, which is the feelings first approach. That most people, when they try and start this journey, and even if we're dealing with psychotherapy or traditional shadow work or so many other methods, most people, what they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out where those rocks came from. You're trying to analyze and intellectualize 
why did I pick up that rock in the first place? Why did I put it in my bag? Why am I still doing this? Thing is though, figuring out why you're holding on to them isn't going to make the bag any lighter at all. So everyone is trying to intellectualize this. Everyone thinks that, well, if I figure out why I'm holding on to these rocks, then they're just going to disappear out of my bag. But that's not at all the case. It's the, the reason why we're suffering right now isn't because of the things that happened 20 years ago that made us pick up the rock in the first place. Doesn't matter at all, not directly, not specifically. The reason we're suffering right now is because we're holding on to a backpack that weighs 100 pounds. <laughs> and the feelings first approach is all about, let's learn how to empty the bag out. That's it. We don't need to analyze it. We don't necessarily need to understand it and figure it out so directly. We just need to learn how to connect to the baggage that we're carrying around with us and to learn how to let it go. Now, the secret is there also that as we start learning to let go of the rocks that we've been holding on to, then we'll get the intellectual understanding because your subconscious already knows all this stuff. It already has all of the answers that it needs. The only reason why we don't know the answers is because we're so blocked off. We're holding on to so much stress and tension that we can't realize it. So the feelings first approach is all about taking that tension and just learning how to relax and open up. And when we do that, you're going to remember. You're going to realize, oh, that's why this happened in the past, or that's why I'm holding on to this wound, that's why I'm holding on to this pain. But that intellectual understanding is going to be a byproduct of just building the emotional muscle and learning how to let it go. And one other thing about this, one other thing that makes it unique compared to what everyone else is doing, is that most people, when they start this journey, it's not just about intellectualizing, but they're trying to deal with the core wounds first. They're trying to deal with the deepest things that happened. Now, there are a lot of reasons why this doesn't work. One of which is because, and using this backpack analogy, those core wounds are at the bottom of your bag, covered up by a lifetime's worth of other rocks. And you can't deal with the core ones until you've taken out everything else on top of it. So my approach is about connecting directly to the feelings, noticing and acknowledging that your feelings in the moment are the only real problem. The thing that happened 20 years ago that created this cycle, yeah, it's real. I'm not saying that it didn't start back then, but what happened 20 years ago is not why you're suffering now. You're suffering now because you're holding on to a hundred pounds worth of rocks and we just need to learn how to do that directly. I can tell you a short story too of the proof of that is so like with my migraines, I'm working with an energy healer right now and she has the gift of being able to pinpoint areas in the body that's, that's hurting. And what I thought might be the reasons behind my migraines ended up not being it at all. So we discovered that there was this emotional reaction of not coping well with change, feeling pressure, and it was showing up as the migraine. So I do, you know, do agree that um, our feelings can tell us something different anyways than what we mentally 
um, can tell. I guess my question would be for you. So intellect was always the easier way for me. And I would always catch myself saying, I think, instead of I feel. What would be your advice to somebody who, who naturally tries to intellect, intellectualize everything? How can they kind of move out of that? Okay, so that's a good question. Um, and so firstly, what I would say to these people is, you're not alone. This is how we have all been programmed and trained in our lives. And, you know, this is where our emotional journey kind of starts overlapping with our spiritual realizations in that we intellectualize everything because we've been programmed to look at things like, I don't even want to use the word programming because I don't want to get into, you know, conspiracy theories or stuff like that. I just mean that we have spent our lives adapting ourselves to the physical world to live in this physical reality and to kind of just be this person to, to deal with external problems first. So we have trained ourselves to act this way. That's why you're intellectualizing everything. And that's okay. I mean, it's, it's not where we want to be, but you're not alone. It's normal. It's fine. Now, the way out of this, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, I teach a lot of techniques and there's a lot of learning and a lot of healing that needs to be done. But the most basic or the simplest answer that I can give is that most people, when they try and end this, this cycle of over-intellectualizing, they're trying to stop doing something. They're like, okay, well, I am thinking too much. How do I think less? How do I stop this thing that I'm doing? And we're doing something similar in generic meditation as well. We're trying, like a lot of people think that generic meditation is about silencing the mind. Look, we're still human. We still live in this body. And unless you maybe spend the next 50 years living on top of a mountain in Tibet meditating, you're never going to silence the mind. The goal isn't to completely silence it. The goal isn't to stop thinking. Your energy needs to go somewhere. So instead of trying to stop thinking, we want to focus on starting to feel. That's what it comes down to, that the way out of overthinking everything is to practice actually feeling, actually staying connected to our emotions and our bodies, because those things that we connect to emotionally and physically, they are not thought-based in and of themselves. So it's, it's sort of like feeling is a muscle that we haven't worked out our whole lives because we have been training ourselves just to stay in the 3D world and just to, to go by thinking. So there is this skill, this talent, this muscle that has become so atrophied that we don't know how to do it anymore. We don't know how to just feel, how to just be in the moment. So trying to stop thinking is, isn't gonna get anywhere because you can maybe stop thinking for like half a second and then your brain starts going again. So what we need to do is take that energy that's always gonna be doing something and shift it over to focusing on feeling. So one thing that I, that I teach to my students and you know, it's in one of my books, it's in my course, uh, I actually just made another video about it a few days ago, is the four words to transform your life. This is a beginner's technique, basically, to getting out of your head and into your heart. And the four words 
super simple. How do I feel? That's it. If you can learn to repeat those words to yourself a hundred times a day, and every time that you do it, do a quick checklist. Check your breathing, check your posture, check your heart rate, and check your emotions. Because those are all things that they're not language-based. They're not thought-based. We're going to practice putting our attention onto those for a moment. And at the beginning, you'll only really be able to like focus on your breath for, you know, a second or two or focus on your heart rate for a second or two before your mind starts kicking in and starts analyzing it and creating these thoughts around it. But bit by bit, you're going to get more and more used to putting your attention into how you're feeling, which doesn't require thoughts and understanding and explanation. And that is then how you're going to move more and more towards this feelings first approach where like when you're feeling a bout of sadness, you, you, here's something that a lot of people do. You know, we wake up one morning and, uh, you know, we're feeling a little anxious or feeling a little stressed or we're feeling a little afraid. And, you know, maybe you went to bed the night before and you weren't feeling that way. So you wake up in the morning and the natural response is, why am I feeling this way? wake up just a bit of anxiety for no particular reason. And imagine you said that to your spouse, like, oh, I'm feeling anxious today. And your spouse is going to say, well, why are you feeling that way? And you don't necessarily have an answer. But because we desperately crave a logical answer, your brain is going to find something in your life to attach that emotion to. So you wake up, you're feeling a little bit anxious for no particular reason. Maybe you just had a bad dream. Maybe that's just the collective energies that day. Maybe you're actually purging old emotions because as you know, Leslie, you need to feel it to heal it. So as these feelings come up and start working their way through you, that's when your brain clicks on and goes, wait a minute, why am I feeling this? And so it searches your life. And it tries to find something to attach that feeling to. So let's say your brain now thinks, oh, well, well, maybe it's because rent is coming up next week and, and I'm, you know, I'm nervous about money. A moment ago, you didn't have any real problem except for the anxiety. You had this emotional distress. That is real. But now because your brain desperately needed an answer, now you have a problem. Now your problem is money. You didn't have that problem a moment ago, but now you do. Now you have found something to attach that problem to. And your brain then exacerbates that problem because now you're having these thoughts about money. Those thoughts about money are going to create more anxiety in the pit of your stomach. That anxiety in the pit of your stomach is going to create more fear and more distress in your heart. That fear and distress in your heart is going to search for reasons behind it. So you're going to get more anxious and more afraid about the intellectual things in your life and around and around and around we go. So when we can learn to focus directly on how we are feeling, we can end that cycle because now you're going to wake up in the morning in this same example. You're going to have that moment of anxiety. And instead of why am I feeling this way? Let's find something to attach that to. You're going to be able to just notice, oh, here is some anxiety. Let's connect with that. Let's use these tools and techniques to deal with that emotion directly without needing to paint a new story around it. Because when you paint a new story around it, 
you exacerbate the cycle and it just keeps going. So it's sort of like this has been the cycle the whole time. You've been going intellectually. It's going around this way, this way, this way all the time. Now what we're trying to do through this approach is slow that down so that we can stop here and focus directly on the feelings. And then by focusing more on the feelings, reverse the whole pattern. We can start moving in the other direction. I think that's amazing. I love the way you just explained that. That is beautiful. It really <laughs> is. Um, and I think for me, that that was always my struggle. And ironically, I don't even know if it's ironic, but I had to give myself permission to feel. I know that sounds maybe weird to people, but I have to say, Leslie, it is okay to feel. I give you permission to do that because I had discovered that not letting myself feel too much was this protective place of no, not. I guess having to deal with something or, or the people pleasing. And so that was pretty profound when I came to that place of it's okay to feel this. And I, I want to feel this. I choose to let myself feel this. And then it was just like everything was coming out and it was kind of chaotic, but it turned into this uh, beautiful release, this release. Yeah. Um, and I still find areas in my life where I'm, I'm struggling to finish working, you know, to keep going through the emotions around it. There's still certain areas of my life that was so intense that I can feel that dread. So I know that my work is not, you know, completed. It will never be completed. But I always like to ask this question because I'm just always curious. Tell us a little bit about you, like your story. How did you find your, yourself here right now doing this type of work and having learned all this insight? Yeah. Well, it's, it's definitely a great question, a very interesting one. Um, and I could give you probably 20 different answers. You know, if we had five hours to talk, maybe I could give you the full story, but I'll, I'll try and give you some of the, the most interesting kind of cliff notes of things. And one thing that I think is just super important to express to everyone is there is some part of me, even a conscious part of me that knew my whole life that this is what I was meant to be doing. Maybe not this specifically, because I didn't know about shadow work. I didn't know, you know, that, that I was here to talk about emotional healing. I didn't know that awakening was a real thing, sort of. But there was this part of me that always knew that I was here to teach about life, that I had some wisdom, that I had something to share. And most of my life, most of my struggle in this life came from trying to come to terms with that identity. because from the human perspective and from the way that we're trained to think in our you know regular lives kind of thing it seems just arrogant and insane to think oh well i'm here to share something i have something special inside of me i'm here to do something so i spent my life pushing that away you know trying to run from it a because i was made to feel like it was arrogant and insane to think that like oh my god i'm here for a real reason and b because i didn't want the responsibility you know, let's just yeah. be honest, you know, the human side of Benji didn't yeah. like, it's such an honor to be able to help people like this, but yeah, there's this sense of, of duty and responsibility to it. And I kind of just wanted to live the 3d human life for a while. So this is who I am. So I want to start with that because everyone that's watching this, I promise you, there is some part of you that knows who you are. And I truly believe that this life and, you know, heading towards our mission work or heading towards your life purpose or whatever it is, is very much about just polishing yourself. You don't actually need to learn anything. You don't need to become anything other than who you are deep down. You came in with exactly what you needed 
to do your job right. And it's just that we, we've got all of this trauma piled up and we've got all of this 3D programming and we just need to polish that off to get there. So I spent my life desperately searching for answers. I was in pain my whole life um, in a way that I couldn't express or understand because firstly, it's a pain that most people don't feel, you know, star seeds, light workers, people like us that start figuring this stuff out, like, oh, now I get why, why I felt that way. But it was very hard to express. And I spent my life trying to, trying to come to terms with that. So I spent my life desperately seeking answers. That's why I studied philosophy and religion. I got my master's in, in philosophy and world religions. And in my master's or while I was doing those studies, I, I came out of it kind of more depressed than when I started because I was studying it desperately looking for like a little gap in logic where I could place God, not God specifically, but where I could place like, I just needed this gap in logic where, oh, maybe I don't know everything because I was, I, I had a huge fear of death. So I just needed some gap in logic where like maybe death isn't what I think it is. But through all of this intellectual um, sort of analysis, I, I found no real answers. I found that, okay, well, life is just the physical realm and there's nothing here to it. I was still stuck in this Newtonian point of view. And so I kept on living my life. I, I switched into music for a while. And when that didn't work out, uh, I went to law school the way that any good Jewish boy with a background in philosophy was like, well, what are you going to do with this? Okay, I, I guess I'll become a lawyer. And I knew from the very beginning that it wasn't right for me. But anyways, by about two and a half years into law school, I was so depressed and so anxious that I, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything. And that's when my higher self stepped in I dropped out of law school. I built a recording studio from the ground up. I had never used a power tool before in my life, but I just did it. And so I'm bringing this up just because that was the point in my life at which this awakening started. I was veering way too much towards the physical world and to those, you know, external goals that I knew weren't right for me. I was betraying my soul. I was betraying my heart. I was moving in the wrong direction. And eventually my higher self stepped in, like it was having none of that. So it started me on this path where through my experiences in music and, you know, some other things around it, um, I was doing some performances, I was working at some clubs, I was running my recording studio. Through all of this, firstly, I started stepping more and more into my own identity, into who I really was. Like I felt at home doing this kind of work in a way that I never did in other schools, in law school, even in philosophy, because everyone else that I was studying with in philosophy was there just trying to, you know, become a professor. None of them were really searching for answers the way that I was. So point being, I started stepping more and more into my identity and my role and becoming more and more comfortable with expressing myself with the idea that I had knowledge and wisdom and living life my way. Now, that led me to a community of people who, you know, I try not to look back with any ill will in my heart right now, but who at least unintentionally 
took advantage of all of the best parts of me and, you know, just ga were, were gaslighting me to, to the worst extent. You know, I was doing nothing but being kind and loving to these people. And they were making me feel like a horrible person for being kind and loving, mainly because, again, without judgment, they were still very much in their wounds and in their darkness, whereas I was starting to come out of mine. So that rubbed them the wrong way. And I didn't understand this at the time. So this is what makes gaslighting so bad, by the way, which the, the way that I express it for people that don't necessarily know what gaslighting is, um, it's a way of making someone feel invalid and insecure for doing nothing but expressing themselves, basically. And you try and convince them that, you know, like, even though I just said something horrible to you, you are wrong and mistaken for being offended by it kind of thing. It's very much like taking a sane person, putting them into a mental institution and treating them as if they are insane. Eventually, the sane person is going to start acting out because they are desperately trying to make you understand like, no, I'm not crazy, but you keep drugging them up and sticking you that you sticking you in a padded room and it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So that's what this community of people did to me. And then there was also a romantic slash spiritual element of this for anyone that knows what a twin flame is. It was oh, the twin flame yeah. journey <laughs> that got me onto, yeah, it's, it's weird, it's messed up, but it was the twin flame journey that got me onto this path. So my twin flame was involved with that whole community and between the way that she broke my heart and the way that this community of people broke my heart, because I genuinely felt like that was the first place in my life that felt like home. I finally, like I spent my whole life feeling like an outsider and feeling confused about what this life was and who I was and trying to come to terms with it. And I finally found that place. And I thought like, oh my God, this, this is my family. This is where I belong. This was everything to me. And they were so cruel. Like, and, and it took me a long time to figure this out. So when all of that came crumbling down, that led me into my own dark night of the soul which again, for those of you who don't know, I express the dark night of the soul as a unique form of existential depression that triggers an awakening in you. It's more than just being depressed for a brief period. It has a certain flavor to it where the veil of illusion starts crumbling. So I went through my own dark night of the soul and I was basically forced into onto this healing journey. And that's what the whole twin flame thing is about is to push you onto this healing journey. And as I started going through the healing, I was sharing my journey as I always am and always was and always will be. And I started like, it just started becoming undeniable that I had a unique way of expressing things and a unique understanding of things that people desperately needed. And I just kind of, you know, it's interesting the way that I like to, to give a finite answer to the question is how did I end up doing this work is through a game that I like to call playing chicken with the universe. So as I started going through my awakening, I started having these intuitions and this guidance and, and these ideas of like what I'm supposed to do kind of thing. And what I mean by playing chicken with the universe is I had to test it. I just, I had to go down this route. It's like the, the way that I like to express it is even if you don't believe in God, when a bush lights itself on fire and tells you to build an ark, you build an ark. 
because <laughs> you have to find out. Yeah. Because if, like, if a bush lights itself on fire and tells you 40 days from now there's going to be a flood, 40 days from now, if there's a flood, it just proved to you that, that God is real, whatever. So, or, or however you want to look at it. So that's what happened with me. I got pushed onto this spiritual awakening journey and I merely had the courage to follow what I was being pushed to do bit by bit and step by step taking risks. You know, I put everything on the line. I went about $40,000 into debt going on my spiritual awakening journey because for about a year and a half, I couldn't work. I just couldn't focus on anything. Like even though my recording studio was my dream life, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't focus. I couldn't do anything. So I just shut everything down. I left my jobs. I couldn't work anymore. And I just spent a year and a half going on this inner healing journey and searching for answers. And, and even more than searching for answers, being shown answers. And it just all happened naturally. It really was like, at a certain moment, it was the universe stepping in and being like, okay, we're recruiting you into the army now. Like you got to have your first 30 years of living, living the human yeah. life. And now it's time to perform your duties. And it just happened. I know you have a really beautiful energy. I can see the passion coming out of you and you've just got this really authentic, just genuine light to you. And so I'm like, this guy knows what he's talking about. He has been through, you know, he's been refined through the fire of trauma and of pain and of growth. And it's, it's a beautiful journey in the shaman culture. If you want to use that, uh, pain is like a rite of passage. There's just, it, it allows you the opportunity to see all the, the beauty and gratefulness that you might not would have ever got to experience had you never been pushed out of, you know, the, the 3d or, you know, your perceptions. And, um, so right now, are you, are you taking clients? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I just put out uh, my first two books. Um, the first one called Feelings First Shadow Work, A Simple Approach to Emotional Mastery. And the second one being um, 10 Mind Hacks to Quicker Emotional Healing. I put these out because I want to be able to reach as many people as possible with my messages. And my hope then is that the right people through the books will decide to come and work with me. So yes, I'm absolutely accepting clients right now. I've got an eight week course where I guide people through this entire process, step by step in a healthy, safe and efficient way. And absolutely enrollment for that course is open. Um, I used to take enrollment calls one on one. I'm not really doing that right now, mainly because I want people to, to come to me on their own. I don't want to feel like I pushed them into this at all, which I was never doing. I was never pressuring people on the phone, but like, I, I want this, I want to find the people that like on their own resonated with me so much. But for anyone that happens to be watching this, if you do want to work with me and yet you, for whatever reason, you don't want to check out the books first, or you don't want to, you know, sign up for the course right away, feel free to get in touch with me. I'm sure there'll be a link, you know, to my Facebook or to whatever you can get in touch with me. And I'm happy to talk to anyone um, but if what I'm saying is resonating with you, then you should start off with, uh, with the feelings first book, or, you know, you can get in touch. It's okay. 
that was going to be my next question is how can people find you? I know that I am going to be sharing links and I just didn't know if, if there was, you know, a certain name, but I think the books is a great idea. I love to read. So I know that I'm going to be going over and buying your book because uh, I love to add to my collection. You know, I've always found that there's just, there's pieces that I resonate with with everything. There's just something in everything that ends up being a treasure for me. And so I get excited about that. Um, and I really appreciate you've been interacting with the, uh, the shadow work group on Facebook, shadow work enlightenment, and you have a group also that you yep. run, right? What yep. is that called? That's called self-love and shadow work, modern awakenings. Okay. So you can find us on Facebook. We've got a great group there. And now that the books are out, I'm trying to commit to doing, you know, two or three videos a week. Um, where I'm encouraging people to just ask questions in the group. And I'm going to take as many questions as I can and just keep answering because uh, that actually makes it pretty easy for me. I don't need to conceive of topics. I'm just going to take what people are asking like, oh, well, that's a good question. Here's a 20 minute video <laughs> answering you. Um, so if you join the no, group, that's... you'll be able to interact with me and a whole bunch of other people and you'll be able to ask me questions and maybe I'll make some videos answering you directly. I do have another question. Um, yes, how can somebody like right now, what is a, an advice you could give for somebody to try just to be able to observe the emotion, just to get in tune with how they're feeling? I know we can ask the question, how are we feeling? I guess what, what I'm getting at is like, so sometimes I have clients who are like, I don't know how to describe it. There's this feeling and I don't know what words to, to attach, which is the point in a way to not try and attach things. What can they do to work through something that they don't actually understand what it is? Okay. Um, so as you kind of mentioned, that is the point of this. So, you know, kind of the question that you asked touches on a lot of different places. I'm not exactly sure where to start with it. Um, but one thing I would say is to start recognizing at least a little bit that the feelings can't hurt you. This is the problem. And this is why we kind of call it shadow work sometimes because we are running from and afraid of something that is both attached to you and that can't hurt you. If you spend your life, let's, let's talk about your literal shadow, the shadow on the ground that happens because the sun is shining or because light is shining somewhere and, and there's a shadow on the ground. There's two things to know about the shadow. One, you literally cannot run from it because it only exists as a function of your relationship with light. You can't run from it. And number two, your shadow is not tangible. It can't hurt you. It can't do anything to you. But if you spend your life afraid of your shadow, literally afraid of your shadow, then every moment is going to be distress and fear and pain and suffering. And you're going to like, imagine you were literally trying to run from your shadow. You would never stop running. But when you finally just stop and turn and look at your shadow, like, oh, right. Th th there was nothing, there was nothing there to run from in the first place. It can't hurt you. It can't do anything to you. So we're running from these uncomfortable sensations inside of us. And because we're running from them, we are constantly in distress. We are constantly in pain. We are constantly afraid. But when you stop and you just for a moment allow yourself to truly feel it without painting new pictures around it, then Yes, look, I'm not going to lie to you. It's uncomfortable, but that's all it is. 
That's it. It's just uncomfortable. There's nothing to freak out about, nothing to worry about. It's the, the way that I like to express it is it's very much like a stomach ache where, look, if every time you have a stomach ache, you start wondering to yourself, oh my God, what does that mean about my body? Do, do I have cancer? Do I have Crohn's disease? Do I have whatever? And, and you spend all this time trying to figure out, oh my God, why is my stomach hurting right now? Oh my God, it's going to be so terrible. But we don't do that usually. When you have a stomachache, oh, you have a stomachache. You can feel it. You can let it move through you. And you're just going to kind of relax and wait until it passes. Now, with emotions, we don't generally want to just sit and wait until it passes. There, there's a limit. Like we want to learn how to sit with our feelings, but we don't want to stop there. We don't want to just, okay, oh, well, I'm going to sit with my depression for as long as you know it takes. Yeah. So there, there is a line to be drawn, but basically it's when this stuff comes up, your real distress and your real suffering comes from the fact that you're running from it. Whereas if you actually just allow yourself to feel it in a moment and truly focus on it, you're going to learn pretty quickly that, all oh, right, all this is, is it's, it's discomfort but it's nothing to worry about. It's nothing to suffer over. It's nothing to freak out about. And, you know, I'll, I'll give a little sort of anecdote or tip or whatever that really helped me along the way. Like as I was going through my own healing and dealing with anxiety, anxiety is three things mainly. It's the cycling thoughts in your head over and over and over, never stopping. We're going around and around in circles and we're exacerbating this, this tiny problem that is now a huge thing because we kept on cycling around and around. It's also this, intangible feeling of fear or dread, you know, that we carry with us in our hearts. And it's also this turning feeling in the pit of our stomach or sometimes in our hearts that this is what people usually call anxiety. It's that turning feeling in the pit of your stomach. So those three parts of anxiety are all interacting and they're going around in circles. Now, excuse me, one thing that helped me finally overcome my anxiety was I had gotten to a point in my healing where intellectually, I knew that, okay, these thoughts, they're illusions. They're just cycling thoughts. They're not real. So let's put that aside for a moment. I had also gotten far enough to put aside the fear for a moment. I was trusting the universe. Like I believe that fear is always an illusion. So we're always going to end up where we need to be. And you know, everything's always happening as it should. So for one brief moment, I'm able to put aside the thoughts. I'm able to put aside the feelings. What's left? Just an uncomfortable turning feeling in the pit of your stomach. And in that moment, by actively focusing on that feeling in the pit of my stomach, like actively putting as much of my attention and focus on it as possible, I recognize that, oh, well, that's all it is. It's a turning feeling in the pit of my stomach. And that allowed me to connect with it enough for those feelings that I was resisting to move through me and get released. But usually because of our fear and because of our thoughts, we don't allow that to happen. So, you know, to sort of sum up for anyone, like if, if you're dealing with emotions that you don't know how to describe or how to deal with, my suggestion is do your best to at least for one moment, remind yourself that the emotion is its own thing 
and that the thoughts are separate and remind yourself that, you know, the universe is constantly acting in my favor. Like remind yourself of the, the higher overarching perspective of the journey and allow yourself to dig into that feeling and truly feel it for what it is. Nothing more than an uncomfortable sensation. It's not going to be pleasant, but by actively putting your focus on it, you're going to learn to overcome the fear and overcome the thoughts around it a little bit. And you're going to get better and better at allowing this stuff to move through you. I love that. I know that that was my personal issue. When, um, how I got onto this path, you know, long story, but the, the ending of stepping into shadow work was that I had a lot of fear and it was like, my shadow was this outer force that was persecuting me. And there was all this fear around it. And it took forever for me to realize that this was me needing to integrate back with me. And then that freaked me out. I was like, what? I thought I was evil. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm evil. And there's like all this stuff. Um, but I'm so thankful that I did because the more I did this work, the, the more that fear began to transform and shift just kind of die off. And it wasn't this big, scary thing anymore. And so now I'm just thankful. I'm like, gosh, you know, I wish um, I had figured this out sooner. I wish it's happening, you know? So I thought, you know, I have mental illness. I think you're so aware. You don't like change, but you're really aware. So I was just like, well, there's gotta be something wrong. And that's why I liked to do the mentorship with people is just because, um, and that's probably part that still needs healing. I wish I had that helping hand back then. So I appreciate you. I'm so thankful for you coming on here. I'm oh. thankful for the work you do because I know that, you know, healing yourself and, and assisting, we're healing all of us, the whole collective. Um, and it's powerful and it takes people showing up. It takes people showing up as who they truly are and accepting who they are and stepping into that. So thank you. Thank you so much. And for all the insight and wisdom you shared. I definitely am going to be doing the replay just so I can take notes because I like to do that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for, for having me really any opportunity to be able to share this stuff with others and to be able to connect with other shadow workers and mentors and guides. It's, it's awesome because as I'm sure, you know, you know, the more that we step into our roles, like we sort of leave this this old version of reality and it's it's very important to be able to find other people that that understand us and that can connect with what we're doing so it's an honor i thank you for having me here and i hope that you and the viewers got a lot out of this yeah definitely thank you so much all right thanks leslie have a great Thank you guys for joining me on another wonderful episode of The Shadow Shaman. I absolutely love this interview. And each week we have interviews from people all around the world with insight and personal stories of overcoming trauma and just beautiful things that we talk about. And sometimes we even do just in-depth episodes of a particular topic. So if you are interested in coming on as a guest, please email me at the shadow shaman pod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook at shadow work enlightenment. Thank you.